Climbing the Pocket Network presents In the Huddle, talking Vikings, Bears, and Cowboys. Oh boy, we did it. We made it. Everybody's here. We got Nick on the phone next to a computer. Flip is here. <laughs> Miles is here. David in the booth. Let's go. Yes, sir. Gentlemen, we are back once again to uh, record live for all y'all on YouTube or if you're checking out the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So let's do a round of introductions. Jason, you can find me on Twitter at Brown Jason, wide receiver one. My man, splitting your attention, Bulls draft, Ricky <laughs> Rubio. But we're here to talk yeah. football. What's going on, Miles? How you doing? Hey, shout out to Ricky Rubio. Welcome back. That's my guy, man. Um, no, uh, talking football though. No, I'm excited. I, uh, well, excited is a little bit of a too much, but um, I thought you know the game was the game was good. I think um, for the Vikings to beat a bad Chicago Bears team, um, they in Chicago though. I was it's it's always gonna be impressive just for the fact that they don't like to win in Chicago, so they did it. I don't know. And Kirk got I guess the quote unquote monkey off his back, so that's good. We got Jerome in the house. Jerome. Jerome is in the house. What's up, Jerome? And, uh, you know, he made it on time today, and he can hear us. It is a beautiful thing. My man, Nick, how you doing? How you been? I'm good, man. Man, I'm I'm pumped. Monday night wins are always fun. Um, you know, it's fun to win in prime time. Uh, yeah, the Bears, the Bear. well, two things. The Bears' offense sucks, but the Vikings made it suck more than anybody. <laughs> And we held them to three yards per play, three yards flat. That's, like, incredible. That's so bad. It's their worst mark since 2017, and they've obviously had some really bad offenses since uh, in the years since. So it was really impressive stuff from the defense there, some great performances. And then the offense, like, they, they got put into some tough situations, a lot of third and longs, but they just kept converting them at an un- unbelievable clip. So Bears defense is really good. The fact that they found a way to, to pick them apart and, be able to move the ball down the field is encouraging, I think. So, I, I, you know, Vikings aren't necessarily, like, I'm not convinced they're good or anything, but, like, it's fun to see them win a tough divisional battle on the road where they typically struggle. I mean, I told y'all they were going to win. But, anywho, last but certainly, not least, the man, the myth, the legend, Flip Mozzie, with the theme music. What Yo, up, Flip? I'm just, I got to be honest with you, boys. It's Cowboys week. I'm trying to put money down on this game. All of these Cowboys fans I know, no takers. Nobody wants to Nobody wants to bet on Dallas right now. Man, would you? <laughs> I, I, try, I, I offered them. I was like, look, bet 25. I'll, take the, Vikings. I'll take the Vikings if you want, if you want uh, Dallas. <laughs> Come on, dude. I got more. I guess we got the same amount exactly. of Viking gear on right exactly, now. Exactly, though, right? Exactly. That's why they're not taking it either. Miles, you're oh, not right. helping right now. You're not we will, helping. We will get to that, and we will get to that. Maybe we can, you know, we we can emotionally hedge enough to maybe make some Cowboys fans want to take Flip's money, take his action, get in here and, and bet on their own Cowboys. But before we get to all that, there was a game, and even though going in, I feel like most of us knew in our heads that the Vikings were a better team than the bears. It was very difficult to really, you know, commit, say it with your full chest that the Vikings were going to go and win the game. And to be fair, watching that game, it was painful. Like that was not a fun football game to watch. Like it hurt. It was ugly, but the Vikings came out and did what they were supposed to do in that game. Nick, I want to start with you because you just dropped a piece over at Vikings territory talking about how Zim kind of, really did his thing in this game with some players that we weren't very confident about some players that to be frank, I didn't know were on the team until I heard the broadcaster say their name and the Vikings, as you said, held another NFL team, not a very good NFL team, but another NFL team, as you said, three yards per play. Talk to me. How did the Vikings defense do what they, what they did in that game? Yeah, it was really impressive. I think the most impressive stuff came on third and fourth downs. Zimmer, you know, that's kind of his calling card. I think in 2017, he broke the modern record for third down stop rate. And then he followed it up by being number one in 2018. So that's the first time in, I think, 
last 30 years, the team has been number one in third down stop rate those two years. So that's kind of Zimmer's uh, calling cards. He's so good at, at stopping teams on third down. This week was no different. He held, I think, the Bears to two. They converted two early in the game, um, and then they went 10 straight, third and fourth downs, converting nothing. So, you know, just third and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, over and over and over. It was really impressive. Um, and it was really creative. You know, the Zimmer's kind of struggled, I think, to figure out what do you do with this depleted core. You know, Anthony Barr's out for the year. Michael Pierce opted out for the year. Daniil Hunter will not, will not be playing a game in 2020. Um, you know, the top two cornerbacks are on IR in, in Mike Hughes and in Holton Hill. You got other guys banged up. You got um, Cam Smith, who was maybe supposed to be the third linebacker. He's out for the year with his heart condition. Um, you got Ben Gideon, who was maybe the other <laughs> linebacker. So, you, you know, you're going, di- you're dipping down in the depth chart. Uh, one of the starting quarterbacks this game was a guy that picked up off the street, basically, and Chris Jones, um, who probably a lot of fans out there, I don't know who that is, um, but picked him off of the waiver wire, I think, off the Chiefs. But um, so some struggling uh, to figure out how you build a modern defense with all these guys. Um, every pick on the defensive line was a day three pick. Um, so um, there were some really interesting blitz um, things they did, timing the blitz really well. Harrison Smith had some really interesting um, blitzes. They had some nice disguises, a lot of fire zones. Um, basically Zimmer was tinkering. He kind of always knew, uh, it was always one step ahead of what the bears were doing. They, if they're setting their protection this way, well, he was going to faint this way and bring somebody in. And there was a lot of unblocked pressures. Um, it wasn't necessarily any great games, although Harrison Smith had a big role. And the other guy who I think, uh, really surprised me with how good he looked was Hercules Matafa, who there have been times where he's like kind of flashed and you're like, okay, this guy could, you know, he could be like a solid backup down the road. But this week he was actually one of their best players on defense. So that was great to see. Um, encouraging to see he tweeted out after the game, I belong in this league, all, league, all caps, which is cool to see. Cool moment for him. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, they, they, they designed a lot of interesting blitzes. They, they got after Nick Foles. They confused the coverages pre-snap. So Foles, whatever he saw pre-snap was not, what he was seeing post-snap, and he had to figure it all out on the fly against some really confusing coverages. And they did some weird stuff with the coverages where they sort of rolled the safeties down and had the safeties playing cornerback, and they'd had, like, Jeff Gladney or Chris Jones playing the deep safety. So um, a lot of inverted coverages, a lot of just confusing, different, unique, tinkering stuff. You know, Zimmer really dug into his bag of tricks. And the end result, like I said, was holding the Bears to their worst offensive output in the last three years. So really impressive stuff given how undermanned they were. Miles, I'll roll to you next. What were your thoughts? Offense, defense, how did you feel watching this game? Have your thoughts on what the Vikings are changed coming out of this game? Or did you kind of reinforce what you already thought about the team going in? Well, it's it's crazy. So I'm, I'm going to try to be as more, optimi- more optimistic than I've been, um, just because, you know, obviously they were one of five. They've crawled their way up to four and five. Um, I think three straight divisional games is – Divisional wins isn't anything to write home about. That's a that's impressive, even if you know most of the teams in the division suck. Um, I think it's still it's still a good it's it's still a step in the right direction. Um, and I think what I what I mentioned before is winning in Chicago for the Vikings is impressive in itself, just because they struggle to do it. No matter who the Chicago Bears put out put out on the field, no matter who the Vikings put on the field, they struggle to win there. Um, so it's it's just an impressive it's impressive in that way. Um, what Nick, Nick to Nick's point, the defense played well. The defense. Getting an opportunity to play against some, you know, some bad offenses in Detroit, which you know, Detroit putting out Adrian Peterson rather than DeAndre Swift is a a crazy situation. In that, um, how are you going to try to beat the Vikings that way? You're not. Um, and then Chicago rolling with you know Cordell Patterson, their run game. Their the Chicago Bears might have one of the worst offenses I've seen in a while. Uh, it's it's bad, and especially when you have an offensive minded head coach. They are really bad, and. I know Nick Foles hasn't been good, and Nick Foles was was really bad on Monday, and the Vikings did a good job of making him look even worse. Um, but I don't know what that team's going to do. <laughs> that that Chicago team's not like the the Vikings in Chicago have obviously flipped because to start the season, Chicago went on at what they were like four and two or something like that. Um, you know, on a, had a pretty good record to start the season. I think we were all calling them paper tigers. They weren't, you know, going to be teams we expected to be good, and we were like underwhelmed by the Vikings. And then obviously now the Vikings have kind of hit their stride and they're looking good. And I think um, the Vikings to, to Nick's point too, is have, have done a really good job of finding, finding ways to get the most out of guys you didn't expect to get production from. 
And that's, that's an important, that goes to me, like we talk about coaching to start the season. This is where I had a, a problem with the Vikings defense specifically, like Mike Zimmer, Andre Patterson, those guys is um, Adam Zimmer too. I guess he's a part of the D coordinator position. Um, like the Vikings defense from the coaching standpoint, I was struggling with coaching wasn't doing a good enough job to coach up these young guys because they knew going into the season that they needed young guys to play significant roles and they're going to need coaching to be better than what they've been in order to get that production out of them. And it's finally, it's taken some time, obviously no preseason played a big part in that too, but to find their stride, you know, by week 10, I think that's really impressive. Let's see. Um, Luckily for them, they get another, you know, another team that's going to be a little bit underwhelming in, in Dallas, but keeping it with Chicago, you know, watching guys like Chris Boyd, play you know play impressive he was a seventh round pick he's a guy that was expected to just be a rotational depth special teams guy he looked good on monday um jeff gladney starting to hit his stride a little bit too as a first round pick um I'm, I've, I've been impressed by him he's starting to understand uh read and recognition and, and breaking on the ball breaking on plays so impressed with that um hercules Mata'afa, like nick said eric kendricks is obviously the best middle linebacker in football right now harrison smith continues to be an all pro type player um, so the defense looks really good. DJ Wanham, fourth round pick, a guy. Shamar Stefan, a name I never expected to give any props to ever in my life. He's had a good season. It's kind of weird. Like they asked him to be the the like the number one in He heard what Nick said team. about him in the offseason and he had his to motivation. I mean, he that tweet has been printed out. It's in his <laughs> locker right now. It must be. I mean, but it's working because that dude's playing pretty decent. Like they asked him to be the number one defensive tackle and on the team, and he's He's done his job better than what we've seen. He's still not getting a lot of pressures, but he's doing his job, and that's impressive in itself. And then real quick, I'll flip it over to the offense. Kirk Cousins played well, I think. Um, he played a good game, and I, I don't want to discredit anything from him for what he did. Um, there were times that I struggled with him being scared in the pocket when no pressure was coming because no guys got open, but that's nitpicking at this point because overall he played a really good game. Uh, Justin Jefferson is – Offensive rookie of the year. If you're not looking at guys like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, um, any non-quarterback, uh, you you couldn't tell me that Justin Jefferson isn't the offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, he's been that good, and he's uh, for a team that traded away their best offensive player uh, and replaced them in a draft. You don't see guys come in and and help replace that production in year one as as swiftly and easily as Justin Jefferson's been able to do it. So it's been really impressive. Um, Adam Thielen's been Adam Thielen. Man, I, I mean, the offense in, offense in itself looked good. I mean, they had an opportunity. Besides, the, like, they, so where I was most impressed is the run game was terrible, and they still found a way to win the game pretty handily. Like, outside of special teams being dog shit, they would have won that game by probably more than two or three touchdowns, you know, 10-plus points, you know, 14-plus points, had the, the special teams not just been god awful. So it was a good game. It was if you had told me I'm, going in, like yeah. if you had told me going in that like there'd be a kick return touchdown by the Bears, uh the run game wouldn't do anything because the Bears front seven would be as, as bad as we at like as ferocious as we were worried about. Hicks would and Mac would be as, as tough as they would be. There would just be brick walls for Cook to run through. Um and and that we'd get some unlucky turnover luck. You know, Adam Thielen would drop a pass, would go to Khalil Mack's hands. Uh Kyle Rudolph would have an uncharacter his first career fumble. I would have told you, oh man, this is this is the this is the recipe for like Kirk Cousins to absolutely melt down on Monday Night Football. Everything's going wrong. There's no run game to support him. Uh, there's there's nothing else to help him, and and his receivers are letting him down. But he came through. It was really impressive. Monday Night Football. He comes through. He's delivering darts he, all over the field. It was really he was good fired stuff up. To see, so. <laughs> he and was flipped. fired up. It flipped. So I got to throw it to you because you know, um, noted analytics fan flip was was doing some charting of his own to start the game on the Vikings offense. And so I want to get your thoughts on kind of not just the outcome of how things went and the fact that, you know, the, we won the game and, you know, that is fantastic. But you were really looking at something that, you know, you've been talking about a lot. You know, we were a run first offense and you were you were you were kind of checking to see how long it took for the Vikings to fully establish the run before they could maybe start to do other things on first down. So Flip, tell me what your thoughts are on the Vikings offense based on what you've seen, not just in this game season to date, but also I guess you're really focusing in on 
really how much we did run Dalvin into that brick wall and hope that Kirk could bail us out later on, on like, you know, third and, and maybe longer than we would like um, based on kind of what we were doing strategically at the start of that game. It, uh, it's just does not make analytic sense to me how Kirk cousins plays better when they use this run oriented style of offense. Um, so I was just charting towards the game, and I always, I, I almost made the big bet because I knew that play action shot was coming. But if you just look at the first drive of the Vikings game, four first down plays, they ran on all four first downs, and you know got minimal yardage. Kirk ended up completing that third down pass to get the new set of downs. Second drive, I think it was a six play drive, two first downs, two more runs on those first down plays. So you can tell that Kubiak is coming out and he's like pounding Dalvin, pounding Dalvin. He's setting up for that play action pass. So they don't pass on a first down until the third drive of the game. I think it was right before the end of the first quarter. It was a, it was an awesome scheme. It was a schemed so well. It was Justin Jefferson schemed onto a safety. They didn't complete it, but it's like, clearly there's a mentality in Minnesota that you do need to establish that run game in order to, you know, set up for the early passes, for the first down passes, passing at times when other teams know it's opportune and they'd start passing earlier than the Vikings do. That said, you know, it how do you separate the process from the results? Because the, the process was terrible against a very good defense on Monday, but Kirk Cousins had his best game of the season, and he's had his best three games of the season in these last three weeks, you look at ESPN QBR. If Kirk got the 85 QBR that he got last night, if he averaged that, he'd rank first in the NFL in QBR. In reality, when you account all, all nine games they've played, Kirk Cousins ranks 21st in the NFL in QBR. So what is it about having to lean on the run so heavily that Kirk Cousins needs to succeed? Because it's just not something you see on other teams across the league. And so, Nick, we'll, we'll flip it to you because, like you know, Flip said, Kirk has been playing well. So I feel like, you know, we finally get to flip it to you on a, you know, a positive note as opposed to you maybe having to defend Kirk when things aren't going well. But... You know, we talked earlier um, about, you know, the Vikings hiding Kirk and kind of trying not to put too much on him, which, you know, there's a whole nother conversation to be had about why are you paying him if you don't want to, you know, run the offense through him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why do we have such good wide receivers or of all these things if we're not going to have them be the focal points? But I guess what are your thoughts on kind of what we're doing now and how much we're leaning on the run game? and how efficient Kirk has been able to be in these situations? And do you think that it's a recipe that is one that can carry us not to the playoffs, not to eight and eight or nine and seven, but one that can actually allow us to make noise and be something of a, of a contender in this season that, you know, Flip has always said, it wasn't going to be the Vikings team that came in that everyone expected to be great. It was going to be the team that was kind of thrown together, like this one kind of feels, that got some luck with the injuries to other teams' quarterbacks and other things going on. Like, things are kind of lining up in a way that you could see the Vikings going on a run. Is the way we're playing and is the way Kirk is playing sustainable as we continue to go? And we actually do need to play, like, good teams come playoff time. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, sort of generally with Kirk Cousins, my view is sort of settled in on, you know, he's a borderline top 10 quarterback. Yes, you can go all the way with that. You can contend with that. There have certainly been quarterbacks much worse than Kirk Cousins to win Super Bowls. Uh, but you're going to need to give him a lot of help. Um, he's not going to carry a roster by himself. Uh, so uh, do I, I, I'm, I'm happy with him as our quarterback. I think you could, there's certainly a lot of quarterbacks around the league. You look at a lot of teams with a much more worse quarterback situation than the Vikings. But, you know, if you get a chance to draft a, a, a Trey Lance or a, or a Wilson in the, in the draft, then I think you go for it. So um, I think in terms of can this roster, as it's currently constructed, make some noise in the playoffs? I mean, we've certainly seen Cousins go on runs before his October stretch last year. 
he had one of the best, not just stretches of any quarterback all year, but one of the best like four week stretches of any quarterback in like the last decade. He was that good. Problem is then he just follows it up with like complete stinkers of a game. And you never really know which Kirk Cousins you're going to get week to week. So, um, you know, could Kirk Cousins go on a, on a playoff run? Yeah, I think he could do kind of what Joe Blacko did, which was, you know, he's kind of a middle of the road quarterback for a long time. And then he just happens to get hot at the right time and goes all the way. I think the problem with the Vikings this year, though, is they're just so banged up, man. Like they, they, they literally half their half their starters on defense are on IR or COVID reserve or NFI or whatever. Like they're out for the year. Um, these younger guys are impressing me with like their long-term potential, but like DJ Wanham is not good yet. He's really exciting as a prospect. He gets a lot of pressures with his motor, um, but he kind of doesn't know what he's doing yet. Like in run defense or as a pass rusher, he's just kind of, kind of there kind of putting in the effort. He's got some tools, but he's, he's not good yet. And you can say that about a lot of guys. Gladney, he's got amazing physical tools, but he just, he, right now he's too hesitant reading routes at the top of the routes. And he's, he's, he, he'll, he'll hesitate sometimes, give up inside releases, give up easy first downs. And so there's a lot of that around the defensive side of the roster that makes me think like, yes, they've got some great pieces, but you know, as Eric has written before, defense is kind of a weak chain thing. And if you're, if your third cornerback is Chris Jones or whoever, um, you're maybe going to have some trouble stopping offenses when it comes to playoff time. So I don't know. I can, we're seeing this team look better than we, we thought it was to begin the season. They're not going to go, you know, three and 13 or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to make some noise in the playoffs. At this point, I'm not even sure they'll make it to the playoffs, even with the expanded seat, just because of how good like the NFC West looks and how many other good teams there are around the, the NFC South. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not like, um, I think the offense has the firepower to make some noise. I think Jefferson emerging is huge. I think Thielen, there's an argument they have the best weapons in the NFL right now um, with, between Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I think all those guys are arguably top 10, if not top, top yeah. five at their position. So, well, they, they have, Rock ain't them. having it. <laughs> <laughs> El Rock, you got to listen to our man Nick, man. El <laughs> <laughs> Rock is not here for it, but Miles. Hey, he's not. not yeah, no, no, I hey, understand the Kirk criticism. Yeah, neither guy, guy, neither of you are wrong, but, though. But one of the things that so PFF, you know, noted PFF haters, noted noted Vikings haters, PFF posted that yards per per play per pass play is first in the NFL when we throw on first down. But we <laughs> are the thirty-first team in first-down passing rate. And Flip, you pointed out that you know, and Miles, you just said it. Nick, you just alluded to it. We have some of the best weapons in the league. They're super efficient, but they don't get the volume. So, like Miles, from a wide receiver perspective, like Justin Jefferson is doing crazy things right now, like crazy things. His efficiency numbers make absolutely no sense. But again, we're in a situation where we have a hyper-efficient set of receivers. We have Irv emerging. We have Kirk actually playing well, yet we're not running the offense through those players as a first option. Like, if we have to. Like, if you really, really twist our arm, we'll, we'll, we'll use those guys. But if we don't have to use them, we would prefer not to. Help me out. Like, why? Because they view Dalvin Cook as the centerpiece to everything. And, uh, like, again, we've seen Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's an elite-level player, and that's okay. Like, Flip's, Flip's been yelling at us about this all for, like, the last year. And, like, he's not wrong in the idea that if you're going to keep Dalvin, use him. Because what's the point of keeping him if you're not going to use him? But at the same time, they spent all this time since 2018 to pay Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, all that to feature their on their like lowly paid running back, and then now they're paying their running back, but they're still paying the quarterback, the receiver, the tight end. Like it, the again, I, I talked about this last week. The philosophies just don't add up. Like the way they're trying to build this, I, that's where I think there's a there's a lot of pushback. I'm I'm guessing a little little bit of tension in the front office with how the roster is being built um, between you know Rick and yeah. and Zim because. Zim wants to put resources into his defense because the philosophy for him is run the football effectively, use play action when they need to, and 
play really good elite level defense. That's the way Zimmer wants to win football games. I'm not saying I agree with it, but we know that's what he wants to do. And then on the other hand, Rick Rick Spielman sitting here saying, I want to have stability at quarterback because I haven't had stability at quarterback since I've been the GM of this team. And we finally found a guy that doesn't get hurt. He plays at a good enough level that, you know, he's not going to most of the time lose us games. And he could be, like to Nick's point, he could be a guy, if he goes on the right run, that could potentially get you into a Super Bowl position. The hard part with that is you're paying him to be, like LaRock mentioned, like a top three quarterback. And when you pay him to be like a top three quarterback, how are you going to put other resources around him when he's not the type of quarterback that's going to make everything else around him better? So You just got to ignore that. Who? Who You just got to ignore it. you got to ignore Kirk's salary, man. You got to like. It's not, it's, Kirk, not, it's not Kirk himself. I'm not blaming Kirk for his salary. I'm blaming. I I'm am. Blaming the, I'm blaming. I'm blaming the <laughs> philosophy that they're going with as to the approach. If they wanted to go draft or have a young, cheap quarterback in place to do what they're asking Kirk to do, they're 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 likely still looking at a four and five type of season right now because it's not that Kirk's not a good quarterback, but Kirk's not being asked to lead this team to anything. They're asking Dalvin Cook, the run game, and then the defense yeah. to lead this team. So, yeah, again, but, the philosophies don't line up. But, again, I'm, I don't want to be pessimistic here because they're playing well. <laughs> I said that at the start. They're playing well. They're on their way here. They have a, a good stretch here to get into a position where they're going to get our hopes up to let us down. It's going to happen. I'm just letting everybody know now. Um, <laughs> I won't get my hopes up, but I do. Like Flip said, if they get to, if they get to 500, let's talk a little bit. Um, and then la- the last point here, Flip, is the the targeting of the receivers. You have two of the best receivers in the league right now, and they they need like this was my issue in 2019. Even when, especially when Adam Thielen went out for half the season, Stephon Diggs is the best offensive player on the team. He does the most in terms of explosive plays. He wins with the ball in his hands. He he wins in one on one and double coverage. You couldn't you can't guard the guy. The Vikings didn't do enough creative ways to get him the ball, especially when Adam Thielen was out of the, out, out of the picture for half the season. He, you needed to do more to get him involved because he helps you win football games. And I know their schedule last year wasn't as, wasn't as you know strong, so they got to run the ball a little bit more effectively and all that. But as you saw when they played really good teams, it hurt them because their philosophy was we're going to have Diggs run all the deep passes, and if we can hit on some of these play action – Explosive plays, great. But when we don't, what are we? What do we resort ourselves to? We're a uh, dink and dunk. We can't really do do much when our run game isn't working. So mm-hmm. you go into the, you fast forward into 2020. They have Justin Jefferson, who has exceeded all expectations, and then Adam Thielen still playing at a high elite level. Those both of those guys are doing what you need them to do, and I think Kubiak's doing a little a little bit better of a job, in my opinion, of creating a little bit more creativity to get those guys the football. Uh, than I think Stefanski did last year. That's just my opinion. I, I'd have to look at it and I'm, I'll look at everything, but that's just what I've, I test. Um, they're still not doing enough to hyper-target those guys, and I think that's on Kirk. I believe when you drop back to pass the football, throw the ball to 18 or 19. Like, yes, Irv, get Irv Smith involved, of course. Tyler yes, Conklin, get Tyler bro. involved as you need to, but what'd you yeah, say? Baby. Yeah, put yeah, BB on Buster's screen. <laughs> Chad Beebe Let's running out, outside routes three. Like, what's his depth of target? Like, 0.02? I, I don't – like, come on now. Like, what's the point of having – like – and then, but don't target him because he's just a filler. Target yeah. the two best yeah. players in the pass game, Jefferson and Thielen, and you can't go – you won't go wrong. You might hit a, an interception here or there, but those guys are going to do right by you more than they're going to do bad. Yeah. So they're going to help you win football games. So – so it's not just the targets. It is the amount of pass plays they're calling because I mean, I just, I don't know how we make the point any more clear. 54 targets is peanuts. That is so weak. Justin Jefferson should have 90 targets. Adam Thielen should have 70 targets. You can, it, they're just not Justin Jefferson won't win rookie Wait, of the year. Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver, one of the team. Already, yeah, it's clear. Nick, it's clear. Nick already. Uh, hey, Nick already I'm but, just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. But, 
But I don't know. If let, I let's board let's make year. let's make something very clear. Justin Jefferson will not win Rookie of the Year, and that's because if you go back three weeks, he was in the conversation. Then he went two games getting ten combined targets in those two games. He is not getting the volume. Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in yards per route run. He's clearly a top ten NFL wide receiver right now by all metrics, but he's not in the conversation because the Vikings don't use him. That's 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 point number one. Just like deal with it. They're not using him right. Point number two is I don't trust this team in a pass first system. And it's because uh, our commenters are saying it. Kirk is he's not an alpha. He's not the alpha dog to get good play out of Kirk Cousins. You have to make him feel like the sidekick. And that's what they're doing. You have to make him feel like just another guy. You have to make him feel like, okay, Dalvin Cook is the primary. I'm the secondary. I can throw it to any of these guys. I don't just have to throw it to two receivers. That's what he needs to succeed mentally. And I don't like the last three games are just proof of that because he's played so well. And people want to look at the last three games and say, okay, now we can go back to the pass first system, we all know that's not going to work. Not, yeah, not so the Mick, way that they Mick, want to in Chicago right now. Look at the Bears, the Bears with John Filippo. That offense reminds me a lot of the 2018 Vikings. They pass more. They, they are literally the most pass-heavy team in the league. Right. But their offensive line is just it's awful. It's banged up, but it's also awful. They've got some good receivers. I feel so bad for Allen Robinson. I feel so bad for him. You have Allen Robinson in the red zone. I don't feel that bad for him. On, why, on, why, on why, who cares about Allen Robinson? Come on. Not, my fantasy team cares about Allen Robinson, okay? My fantasy team cares about Allen Robinson. I'm talking about just from like a football fan perspective. Yeah. Dude got He's, paid I'm, to go I'm to Chicago. the Vikings to be like, the, be like the, the Bears. I'm not asking them to be the most pass-heavy ever. But I think just like maybe not run into the Bears brick wall of a defensive line with like a heavy box on second and ten. Like, over and over and over again when nothing is working like they could just make some in-game adjustments that would be that would be appreciated so so yeah. i guess the dalvin question i have all like they're feeding dalvin like and, and i get it like dalvin is probably from just a pure pure football perspective dalvin's probably the best player on the offense like like Thielen and D- and jefferson i think are really good i don't think anyone would say Thielen or jefferson are the number one wide receiver in the nfl i think a lot of people would say dalvin cook is the number one running back in the nfl well, right that's now. where position of so, value comes into play yeah so, so, yeah, yeah so, that's, so i get it but but you know wide receiver touches are just more valuable so maybe just like mix it up a little bit just a little bit of a tweak I, I get the multipleness. I get like the I get like the run heaviness. I get the offensive philosophy, but just like a just a little bit of let Kirk Cook could be well. Know, the thing yeah. Well, here's here's the quick question I have: is is it sustainable? Because what we've seen with Dalvin Cook getting thirty plus touches, what was it? What was it a few weeks ago? I think it, was it Green Bay where his first it was the first time he'd ever had twenty eight plus carries in a game in his career. Like he's not that. Like he has to be a workhorse because they need him to be a workhorse. But they shouldn't. The hard part is like you're paying him, so you need to you need to get him involved, and he should be involved. At what point, though, are you overworking him? Because what we've seen is we don't see him. Dalvin Cook's not a 16 game player. Most running backs aren't, right? We're for being honest, it's a tough position. Um, how are they going to find a way to keep him healthy the rest of the season while still hyper, you know, using him? as much as they are that's the that's the hard part they they have no point if if your question is at what point have they been overusing him the answer is week one of the 2020 season it's it's not sustainable at all if your running back is running for 3.2 yards a carry get your backup in there for 10 or 12 of those carries it's an obvious obvious thing to me the fact that Alex Madison can go into that game and get two carries is mind-boggling to me. They're they're just not going to be able to sustain this because Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. So something that, that all of you have said, Sorry, I was going to say something that all of you have, have kind of pointed out, and that is also pointed out on a regular basis on Twitter, is that the Vikings seem to have put training wheels on Kirk. Like Luke was joking about it earlier. Like you know, when I was kind of messing around, I was like, "Is it time to let Kirk cook?" He's like, "The training wheels, like they're never coming off." 
And so if like we're we're saying that Kirk, you know, isn't an alpha or can't be an alpha, but like, is that even possible if the team is now showing like they just don't trust him to do that at all? Like, how is it possible to come back? Like, how is it how are we gonna get that Kirk hot streak like you got from like a, a Joe Flacco or you know, Nick Foles in the playoffs? If the team is now showing us that like we are just not doing that ever, like we just don't want him to have that kind of responsibility. And if it means we just run Dalvin into a brick wall 30 times in a row for three yards a pop, damn it, that's what we're going to do. And yeah, what are you we don't want to put this ball on for? Kirk. You know, like, how does that, like, <laughs> how is that going to go? Or do, do we see that maybe at some point when we maybe play a tougher team or something, like, they're just not going to have a choice and they're going to have to open things up for them. Like what, what is the thing that is going to change the philosophy or do we just hope that, you know, we see enough soft run defenses from now through the Super Bowl that, you know, Dalvin just leads us the entire way and does what, you know, AP could never do for us. I think they believe in their philosophy. I think what's kind of changed now is I think I have a little bit more confidence in Kirk Cousins to dig us out of holes. And I know it sounds crazy because the whole narrative about Cousins is he needs everything to be perfect, but like, this Bears game, he was in like third and long like 12 times and converted 10 of them. Like we'd get in crazy situations, first and 20, and he'd convert it on the first play. Um, just a lot of like deep shots and he's like digging us out of holes over and over and over again. It's like uh, everything here is kind of going wrong. His receivers are dropping passes. His receivers, he delivers a dart to Adam Thielen and the end zone goes through his hands. He delivers a good pass to Adam Thielen and he drops it and get, goes to Khalil Mack. He delivers a good pass to Kyle Rudolph and he fumbles it. All these things are going wrong, but Kirk is still managing to, to move the ball down the field. And, you know, we saw this again last year with the Denver Broncos comeback. You know, they go down 20 nothing early and everyone's like, oh, well, that's it. Like Kirk Cousins isn't built to come from behind. And he just he just goes super saiyan and leaves like this huge, incredible, one of the biggest comebacks the last decades. So I I I think they're gonna they're they like Dalvin Cook a lot and they're gonna keep feeding him. And it doesn't matter if it's working or not, they just have that much confidence in this in the scheme, in the wide zone, and in, in the new wrinkles they're bringing in and Dalvin Cook's talent that that if you just keep feeding him, eventually he's gonna he's gonna bust one out and it'll justify it. But at the same time the Adrian Peterson effect. I, I think yeah, I I think they I like the the bottom line is Kirk had conf they had confidence in Kirk going into this year. He lost the confidence and he's got to win it back. So the question is, when does he earn it back? Does he have it now after that Bears game? Have they forgotten about you know the Packers game and the Colts game and the Falcons game, or does he need to show this type of quality and consistency for a couple more weeks? Um, before you know, we're back before to falls off again. <laughs> well. I mean, is this the week flip? Is, is is this the week? Maybe they open it up and that and it helps you win some money. Is this the week? No, with Dallas I mean, showing no, what they've shown, where like they turn every quarterback into Patrick Mahomes. Is this maybe the week that they open things up? Talk to me about how I'm, you see this next week going against Dallas. We've got the best running back in the NFL, and the Cowboys are thirty first in rush defense. That's how I see it going. Dalvin Cook is going to eat. Okay. Short, sweet, to the point. Dalvin yeah. is going to eat. Miles, as we roll along, how do you see this one going? Do we do we think the team is going to look a little bit better? Are we actually going to go in, see this Vikings, maybe blow a team out? Or do you th- see this being potentially another kind of close-ish, ugly game against the bad team that the Vikings, you know, squeak out a win? You know, well, it's, it's tough be- to say they they should dominate. They should. Yeah, no, they, they should be one of those games that you get disappointed if they don't beat this team by, you know, two scores or, you know, whatever. The I don't know what the betting line is. It's probably like seven and a half at this point. I don't know the numbers. Um, it should be higher than that or they should be they, – they should – you should be betting the over on whatever the over-under is on the uh, the line. So um, for the Vikings, they yeah, they, they need to come out and they need to, you know – destroy the line not the lines the cowboys they need to beat them and beat them handily like dalvin cook should have 150 plus you know it doesn't have to be that but you know exaggeration there um and they should be able to throw all over this team they should be able to do whatever they want on offense um I, is it garrett gilbert at quarterback still i don't know but either way and he's back the red rifle coming back. back buddy is he oh oh they're fine there. yeah um uh, i was more worried about garrett gilbert um <laughs> No, I, I mean, that. so the, to at least the, the Cowboys have good weapons. Like, 
when Nick was saying the Vikings might have the best weapons in the NFL, the Cowboys are right up there. I think the Cowboys are one of the best, have some of the best weapons in the league. They probably have the best trio of receivers in the league. And, you know, as much as, you know, you say what you want about Zeke, Zeke's still a good, a good running back. Like, so um, do I believe that this defense could give up some big plays to the Cowboys? I do because the defense still isn't great. They're not good. Like they're still in that, like finding out who they are phase. And they're still giving up some plays. You know, the Bears, like I said, had one of the worst offenses we've seen. So I'm not, I don't want to get too excited about the defense when you play a really bad offense. Um, so I do expect the Vikings to give up some big plays against the Cowboys. But overall, I, I expect them to be able to, they should be able to dominate this game. Especially, I'm not going to, home field advantage doesn't matter anymore. Um, besides not having to travel. Um, I mean, they both play inside, so that doesn't matter either. Um yeah, I mean the Vikings should just dominate this game. Nick, talk to me. How do you see this game going? They don't have a oh, quarterback. No. They do have oh. some offensive weapons, but they—I they, mean—they don't have a quarterback and they don't have a defense. So uh, this is. People always say, you know, the Vikings—they—they they can, they just don't—they don't beat good teams. But the thing about that is, they—they they do beat bad teams. You know, barring a couple of memories might stick out in our mind, like the Bills. You know, you never want to like. Um, Never want to get too overconfident, but but I think this is this is a game that where the betting markets have the Vikings very heavily favored. I think they open as nine point favorites, so more than a touchdown favorites on the road. Um, and and I think this is a game that uh, in, you know anything can happen in football. So you know I'm not I'm not saying uh, a surprise loss is out of the question. Certainly not. And the Cowboys certainly have some guys that um, some weapons that that will make you concerned. But I ju- I just think this is a team. I think their quarterback Zimmer is going to pick them apart. If he can pick Nick Foles apart, he can pick up whoever the Cowboys trot out there. Andy Dalton has had fits with you know with what Mike Zimmer's done to him in the past. So I have a lot of confidence based on the defensive play calling last week that they're going to you know have some have some new tricks there and be able to shut down uh, the offensive production. And then I think on the defensive side, I think the Vikings are in a position where they're going to be able to move up and down the field. So. Um, weird things could happen, but I do think Vikings fans should be confident in this one, as confident as I think like most people are, that the Vikings should be heavily favored here. All right, Flip. So this gets us to 500. If we're projecting this thing out like we think it's supposed to go, you were the one who said, get back to me when this team is, is 500 and we can talk about the future, we can talk about some other things. So with the Vikings staring 500 in the face, Flip, how do you feel like the rest of the season is going to go? Do you we're see the playoffs? We're not 500 yet. We're not. I mean, you're looking for people to bet you on the Vikings getting a 500. Like you seem pretty confident. You're you're if we're speaking with your with, with, with your wallet, you seem to feel pretty confident I'm about the Vikings with my getting wallet because because you know, I don't have a a Super Bowl to look forward to yet. I don't have the P word to look forward to yet. So I might as well try to scrape some cash <laughs> off these bums. That's the only re- I don't bet when we have a winning record. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Vikings Jerome says twenty-seven. Honestly, I think what are you- one of the uh, one of the most interesting things about this Vikings team right now is we somehow got a rookie class uh, that came in without a training camp, and they're outplaying the sophomore class. So I'm excited to see if that continues with DJ Wanham with Gladney. Uh, with Jefferson, all three of those guys, they got that S word. They got that S word, Jay. We saw some swagger there on, well, on Monday Ezra night. How, what about Ezra sounds Cleveland? Like, like right yeah, Ezra, Ezra Cleveland. I'm, God damn, coming at me. <laughs> right guard of the future, Ezra Cleveland. Hey, right guard of the future, like, Ezra. People were panicking because he was on the field. Uh, Yo, the dude got Pat that. Elfline cut, so I know Miles is a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I know Miles <laughs> and brought back Brett Jones. So yeah, Miles is definitely yeah, happy. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. So so I'm excited. They got, you know, I don't think the Vikings win that Chicago game if that if they play that game in week two or week three, where they uh go in, you know, go into halftime, come out, kick return for a touchdown right out the half. They didn't drop their heads, and they've dropped their heads at times early this season. So it was great to see them battle back. You know, we're down, losing to the Bears, long pass to Justin Jefferson, and he's all fired up. Uh, Key tackle by Jeff Gladney, and the sidelines going nuts. So 
those are the always always the things I'm looking for until we have a 500 record. Those are the things I'll continue to look for. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we get that win and then we can start having some real talk. Okay. All right. So let's get everyone. Everyone, everyone is a consensus. Vikings pulled this one out. Is that what everyone is predicting at this point? Vikings win? Big win the for Vikings, the Vikings? The Vikings should win seven or eight straight games at this point, the way the schedule looks. <laughs> it um, is a soft schedule going forward. Soft as hell. It's 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 one of those things where the the numbers look better every week, but I don't think fan confidence increases after those wins, you know? Well, so, that, so that's I'm, the thing. The, the Vikings could go on and, and end up being, what, like eight and five? And then they'll play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, get killed, and fans will be like, let's not panic. They just won six straight. <laughs> it's like, but look at the schedule <laughs> and who they played. Like, that matters. Like, if, yeah. But there's the also the Vikings thing are, like the Vikings are going to keep winning games until fans expect them to win, and that's when they twist the knife because that's, that's we we y'all expect win. them to win right now. I mean, no, he's talking because about because like, we're he's playing, talking against, because we're, we're playing Andy Dalton. He's talking about against good I just, teams. So I just think the way I look at it. So two, what we, I just heard Nick say is that the Vikings are going to lose to the Panthers. Is what Nick just said to us. Is is we're going to beat the Cowboys and we're going to lose to the Panthers is what Nick just said. It's a tightrope right now where fans are going to lose their shit. This is six consecutive weeks in a row where if we lose any of these games, fans are going to lose their shit. That's how I look at it. Zim's going to try to heat Teddy up with the blitz package and Teddy's going to go for 450 and Vikings Twitter is going to burn to the ground is what Nick just told (laughs) us. We're going to go in confident and on a win streak. Against a team that can't play defense off. and bad things Yank are gonna happen. <laughs> what, sucks, though, what sucks is this race for like the number seven seed is gonna be tough. And like the Vikings, these are it's a soft schedule, but the Vikings really can't drop one or else they're gonna be in a really tough spot if they want to make the playoffs. So but they're it's going the last place to because... you be is like the number eight seed, <laughs> and you don't get a good draft pick. So this is this is I what mean, they this is how this is what the Vikings will do. They will get your hope that, that they'll make the playoffs. They'll lose some game that they shouldn't lose, and they'll miss the playoffs, and then everybody's going to say, run it back to next year because they were that close. And I'm just going to throw my hands up. It's known. Mitchell Trubisky's going to come back and, and, and twist the dagger at the end of the season. I, I think we're going to see a Panthers loss but Bucks win where it's like, oh, man, we're done. And then we just like I one like Bucks win. Game everybody's game. going to be like Super Bowl. There we go. Okay. Green Bay. I can get behind yeah. that. I, I see. Well, Nick, I know you can. I can't. <laughs> Nick, do you have anything else that you're cooking up for us? Anything we should be on the lookout for before we get up out of here? No, I mean, I dropped that piece on on what Mike Zimmer did schematically to, to stop the Bears on Vikings territory. So you can check that out on vikingsterritory.com or on my Twitter page. But other than that, no, I, you know, I, I'm interested to see what happens with this Cowboys game. I think um, – it's really interesting that like Zimmer, so Zimmer's always been like a tinkerer, but to start the season, it was so vanilla, man. It was like cover two. And it was, it was a lot of just like very basic things because he couldn't trust anyone. This bears game, it was anything but vanilla. So it'll be really interesting to see, does Mike Zimmer keep up his bag of tricks? Does he keep that going? Do we get to see the new creative fun ideas? Because I think if he can, he will. And it seems like the defense is meshing. Um, they understand each other. They're communicating well. So if they can keep that going forward, you know, the defense might not have the talent, but I trust Zimmer to put something together. So that'll be fun to see. All right, Miles, other than looking for a PlayStation 5, what uh, what else are you going to be looking for as uh, as we roll <laughs> things forward? Bro, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> no, like, at this point, I mean, we've we've exhausted it. I mean, they should win this game. I'm I'm looking for uh, the, the, the defense to cont- continue to progress, get some more confidence. Hopefully get a couple of these corners back and then um, just continue to to get, you know, guys like, uh, who is it, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen involved. You know, I guess Kyle Rudolph can catch a pass here or there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Right. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And Flip, bring us home, man. Oh, man, that's a that's a lot of pressure. Nick and Miles were just so eloquent there. And don't get a <laughs> PS5 yet, man. Ain't no good game for PS5 yet. Um, Miles has got to get his his namesake, Miles Morales. 
He needs that in his life. <laughs> Late afternoon matchup at home against the Dallas Cowboys to get back to 500. Mission 500, as my man Skull Season has been referring to, referring to this game. Um, you know, we got to stay the course. It's been great to see this team play consistently, be competitive, start to gain that confidence they need. So, you know, it's got to be a, a no blip, no blip team. Prove they're the real thing. And and what real things do, what good teams do is they show up every week, compete. So uh, no way a good team loses on Sunday. Okay. I lied. I have one question for all of you. Eric's not here, so we're gonna we're it's it's a it's kind of an analytics question. I'm putting you all on the spot. Rapid fire. PFFs Elo has the Vikings at 18 overall. DVOA has us at 10th overall. Flip, you only can pick which number. No caveats, no anything. Which number are you going with? Are we 10th best team in the league, 18th best team in the league? Where are you at? Oh, that's a hard one. I think we're the 18th team. 18. Okay, Nick? I think they were the 18th team based on the first 10 or so games. I think they are the 10th best team going forward. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And Miles. What was the question? 10 or 18. Do <laughs> you think the Vikings are the 10th best team or the 18th best team in yeah. the league? Which nerds are right? In the NFL or like in the NFC? Yes. In, in the, the NFL. <laughs> in all of the NFL. <laughs> they are literally ranked 10th in the NFC by win loss record right now. Uh, so I'm 12th. <laughs> I don't think they're quite like I don't think they're quite that's there, not, but I think they're like that's I not think, an option. I think you got 10 or 18. Which one? 10. 10. Ah, oh, ah yeah, 10. 10. Wow. Okay. Okay. Just, flip to, get, the just to get everybody's hopes up. Just to get everybody's hopes up. I told like you guys gonna be optimistic. We're not 500 yet. We're not 500 there we go. yet. All right. Let's well, we there. have a consensus. 10th best team in the league. And that's it. <laughs> Viewers, thanks for being with us. Listeners, thanks for sticking by. Up. And uh, yeah. We will talk to y'all soon. David, over to you, bud. Go. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Go, everybody.